Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. This is Victory Over Center. My name is Mark Rennick. Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. I hope things are well with you and you're surviving the transition into autumn. Uh, this is the point of the show where I attempt to tell you about what Systemic Change of Idaho is and how it funds Victory Over Sin. Systemic Change of Idaho is a advocacy organization effort, if you will, from the good folks at St. Vincent de Paul, the Southwest Conference here locally. And what they do is fund Systemic Change of Idaho, which funds this program called Victory Over Sin. We are a part of a small group of people funded in the nation. We're actually the sixth pilot project from from the recovery group from St. Vincent de Paul to address the needs of people who are reentering from incarceration. We like to call those people returning citizens. So in our effort, what we're doing here in Idaho is to address the issue of what it's like to be on parole. And we've chosen to do that by getting involved with a speakers bureau that we're putting together. We put together this really powerful PowerPoint, and what it does is articulate some of the issues that uh, affect the person who is on parole, and then we train people who have been in the system to go out and then share that with service groups, with churches, with nonprofits, and with anybody for that matter that would like to see it. That actually, that project is done, and we've gone through our first training with speakers, and we're doing real well with that. We're about to actually take this on the road. Uh, we had um, an interesting kind of week this week, last week. We went to what was called the Community Resource Fair. You heard me talking about it. We had a booth there, and we were talking to people who have been in the system and who operate in the system and who have agencies that do that. And everybody was pretty excited about what we're doing. We got some names, and we're going forward. It was really nice to have two of our group that was there that had been trained to share their some of their experiences and encourage people to sign up. And we're looking for those people still. So you're listening to me, and you've been in the system. You're a returning citizen. You're either succeeding or not succeeding. Towards the end of the show, I'll tell you how to reach out for me to me. And this might be something that you would want to do too. It's a very positive thing. It's meant to highlight the issues that affect those of us who have been incarcerated and to essentially start that dialogue with native Idahoans. We would argue that Idahoans do not understand what it's like to be on parole and they do not understand what the costs are. They do not understand what the emotional costs are to people who are coming out and their families for that matter. It's expensive. So that's what this effort is is doing. It's got the blessing of the Department of Corrections here in Idaho. And uh, certainly we're excited about doing that. So towards the end of the show, I'll reach out and I'll let you know um, what's going on with that. And we'll go from there. Uh, the thing that I also learned, I kind of highlighted this last week. Um, technically, with me being a volunteer with St. Vincent de Paul, I am called a Vincentian. And I, when we went to Florida, we found out some very interesting things. I found out that I am one of a million Vincentians in the world. They serve 152 different countries in the world. So we're a powerful group. And so what we do with this victory over sin approach and the systemic change of Idaho, if you will, is take very seriously what we're doing. So we're going out there in a very powerful way trying to share this message. We're excited about that. Also this Saturday, we're excited about a guest that we have in studio today, and we're going to get to that in just a second. 
Hang on one second. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and Coffee Shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, I'm excited to have uh, somebody that we met at the, at the uh, resource fair last Friday, Kristen Nuxel. Hey, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. And you were from a group that I learned very well for the first time, a group called Link, right? Yes. Link. And you're going to tell us all what that's about, right? Okay. Good. As much as you want to is, and I'll just ask questions as we go. Okay. Link stands for Living Independence Network Corporation. Mm -hmm. We are one of over 400 what's known as Centers for Independent Living across the United States. Um, They all have different names, but ours is called Link. And if you're, if you're in any state, anywhere, you want to find a, a Center for Independent Living close to you, you can go to www.virtualcil.net, and you can click on any state. They'll show you where they are. We have about a dozen here in Idaho. And the population, basically, that you're reaching out to would be who? We serve people with disabilities. Okay. We do not require that you bring in a doctor's note to tell us that you have a disability. It's self-disclosed. Uh, we do refer people out, and some of the places we refer to do require that, but we don't. If you come in, you call, and you say you need help with something, and you have anxiety or depression, PTSD, doesn't matter, invisible disability or not, and we'll help you. So it's almost like a clearinghouse for those sorts of issues, right? Sure. I think the thing that attracted um, me to you as as we talked on Friday was, boy, this is a resource for us. So so many people – uh, returning citizens, we're having trouble gauging them and getting them into housing, et cetera, et stuff like that. But they'll always come across one particular issue that probably I can't identify or I can't help. And it's like you're well aware that many of the people who are in that lower socioeconomic kind of situation here in the Treasure Valley don't have the resources to find that. And we're always looking for places to go. When If they can't fall into the normal categories, I need some place to be able to send them to. So I see you as a partner in that. Is that, is that sure. link? Yeah. yeah, we have five core services mm-hmm. that we do, advocacy, information and referral, independent living skills, peer support, and systems change. Okay. So we are systems advocates as well. So tell me about systems change. What would systems change be? Um, so we do a lot of advocacy with the legislators. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do so much, but my executive director, Roger Howard, certainly does a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and James Turner is very passionate about that topic as well. And so they meet with the legislators. We've actually done um, CDs for them to mm-hmm. highlight some of the problems that we see, especially with the Medicaid yep. issue. Yep. Yeah, because I think all that's coming to fruition now. The federal government's still in, in crux, I guess you would say, in terms of what they're going to do with us and how that all shakes down. And I think it's important that those of us who work with together need to be 
coalition, coalitioning to uh, make these uh, kind of things happen at the legislature because we've got such a ingrained legislature that just automatically does stuff and doesn't address these things. So that's so, fantastic. So tell me, uh, the how does a typical person reach out to your agency? They call you, they make an appointment, or they can call, and we typically do make appointments, but sometimes it's just walk-ins mm-hmm. and. Sometimes I just ask them if they have a disability and something's not working in their life. And I tell them, let's sit down and talk about what the options are. And I might help them walk through what their options are, help them sort things out where they can go for help. Mm-hmm. How did you get in this line of work? Actually, I was 14 years old and my mother was the head nurse at a state hospital. Really? Which and which, what state was that in? in uh, down in Loma Linda, California. Wow, how about that? Yeah. And that was back in the day when you could take your kids to work and there wasn't the liability issues. Yes, yeah. She would take me to work, I think, to keep me out of trouble. And I, I met a little girl named Michelle. She was two years old and had been beaten by her father. So mm-hmm. she was um, regressed quite a bit. And in going in day after day, just talking with her, just being with her, she started to progress and started to sit up and clap and walk. And it was the most rewarding thing I've ever seen was just my inter- intervention with her. Mm-hmm. that made her life better. Good. And then she got adopted. So I think that set in motion that feeling that advocacy is really huge. Mm-hmm. So you're a Californian? I am. Good. Native Cal? You were born in California? Yeah, I was actually born in the Presidio. My dad was Army military. Oh, man, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I, that's, God, that's a nice place there to be born. Yeah. yeah. And so you, how did you get to Idaho? I had four sons, and my third son, Spencer, was pretty ill when he was there. The smog was very, very bad during those years. Mm -hmm. And one day he was hospitalized, and the doctor said to me, It's probably still very bad. Yeah. (laughs) He said, if he makes it through the night, get him out of here. And so I did, and my friend had just moved here to Idaho, so I followed her. And so when you came up here, what did you you begin doing up here? I was stay-at-home with the kids for a while. And then you've gotten into this work. I, I noticed in the background you were, there was something with this housing city. And so how did you transition to where you are now? Well, I actually started working at Link when I was going to college. Mm-hmm. I just got, you were, you're at, my notes say BSU. BSU, go Broncos. Yeah, there you go. So I was at BSU and I got Hopefully my... Hopefully they won last night. We're taping this on Friday. Ah, uh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> okay. And so um, I got my, my first degree in, uh, bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Mm-hmm. and dispute resolution. I started working at Link, and I worked there for five and a half years, and then I worked as the adult protection supervisor mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and then over at Boise City and Housing for a couple of years, and now I'm back at Link. Okay, good. So it's a nice transition. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other things that um, attracted me in terms of our conversation on Friday was the fact that you, one of your sons is incarcerated, and yes. you're okay in terms of talking about that. Yes, is that I, okay? Yes. Okay. And so you're uh, keep in mind, there are a lot of people who are listening to us now, certainly uh, know people who are incarcerated, or, and there are a lot of people who are listening to us in car- that are incarcerated right now. So that's been uh, – that's difficult on a family and a support network and for that. And so your son is at one of the – what I used to call the private facility. Mm-hmm. Is that – tell me about – has that been uh, certainly hard on the family and support group? It's very hard on the family. Um, I will tell you, and this may not be a very popular view, but – when he first was incarcerated, there was a part of me that was relieved mm-hmm. because well, then he was safe. 
I knew where he was. I, I don't think that's popular. I think that's more norm for a mother yeah. that I talk to. I, again, yeah. we, we work with a lot of people and um, that go inside and then we support and they'll be out of state. And mom will tell me, at least I know where he is tonight. And I, I think that I have a son that's incarcerated and my son's at the same facility yours is. So uh, part of me thinks I don't have to worry about where he is. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I, I don't think that's unpopular. I think that's more the norm <laughs> for, yeah. for moms or for parents. But it has been good because I've been able to go visit him twice a week and sit down one-on-one and, and he's not drinking. Yes, that's And that's, true. that's the best ever because I've seen him grow tremendously over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And his thinking has changed and I'm excited for him now that what he's going to do as an advocate when he gets out. That's good because I think those are the types of people that, again, if you, the theme of this show is to uh, work in an every way possible to educate Idahoans on what that is, what it's like to get out of that system and to be in that system. We argue that people certainly do not know what uh, she, what she's going through with her son and what that entails and what that's done emotionally to the family for what and was this the best situation for him? Possibly not. Probably longer than she wanted him to be and probably longer than he wanted to do. But that costs all of us Idahoans tremendous amounts of dollars. It's like $25,000 a year to keep somebody incarcerated in there. And for us to be one of the very, I think we're under 10 states in this, in the nation who have this indeterminate type setting, uh, sentencing structure so that a five-member panel board has to decide to whether to let her son out or to let my son out for that matter. And it has to on some vague or nebulous kind of behavior that they see based upon reports that come to them. It's just, it can be absurd. And so what I, I think what I'm leading to with your son is that as he is changed and as he does see those things, those are the type of people that we're looking to come out and help us as right. he becomes a citizen again and transitions and becomes successful, then his story will be something that we can use forever for other people to follow. So Yes, he's looking forward to that. Yeah, and it's actually fun. And it, ironically, her son, we do, I do some classes at the same prison, and, and we, met, we ran across each other, and I didn't know it until Friday that we, he had been in one of the classes. So that's, that's really cool. Thank you. So it's every once in a while, God comes in and tells you, hey, Mark, you're kind of doing the right thing. When it gets frustrating and when it gets difficult, you see that, oh, it's still working. So that's great. So uh, we're working on his potential release and talked about what that the frustrations that is maybe from a mom's standpoint of going out there. Are there things that you can talk about that are strong in your mind? Well, I think that the stigma is frustrating and that's something that we at Link are very focused on as well. The stigma mm-hmm. of a disability, especially an invisible disability, yep. stigma of being a returning citizen or or being the mother of someone that's incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's some a lot of old attitudes out there that I must have been a bad mom, that he's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's hard to get past. For I me think sometimes. a lot of, um, we see it, uh, there's been an effort in the last couple of years for, um, we see it in a place called Peer Wellness, that's the model, uh, outgrowth of um, a model in Connecticut, where, and based on a movie called Anonymous People, where they highlight 39 million people in active recovery in the country now. And they promote that much the way breast cancer survivors or AIDS survivors did. And that's become a movement that's kind of taken charge with addicts. And I'd argue that we who are incarcerated need that same kind of uh, spirit as we go forward. And, And you're seeing bits of it in different organizations nationwide where it'll be end mass incarceration. There's a group called Just Leadership USA who's 
motto is half by 2030. And what that means is they're trying to cut the incarceration rate by half by year 2030. Those efforts are coming around. And so your son, as he gets out, will be coming into, I think, where a movement is nationwide, not just in Idaho. We're just linking up with the other people and doing the same kinds of things. So I would agree it is a disability that now is starting to get – there are places that fund people based upon your incarceration. Have you been – this disability, this, and, or have you been incarcerated and funding is potentially available? So have you seen any of that yet in your? I have not. Okay. But it seems to be coming in the trend. And so uh, do the clients that come to link, do any of them yet identify that, that incarceration was one of those? Oh, yes. Okay. Because I, 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 it was so great to find you that this is another option for us in terms of what we before. Because one of the things that we teach is independent living skills. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Someone will help somebody find a job, but they don't ever talk to them about how to keep the job. Exactly. Now, how, how do you interact with your boss and your coworkers? And um, we, we just have one client that came to us who had been, he got a job, someone helped him get a job, and then they walked away, and he had a fight with a coworker, and he walked off and quit his job. So now we're all back to square one with him, mm-hmm. where we like to try and work with people throughout that to keep how, the job. And how would you have done, how do you do that, I guess, in terms of... So that? I meet with them individually, and they'll come mm-hmm. in, and we'll sit down and talk about the barriers, talk about the problems they have in their life, and then talk about what their goals are, and then how to get to that goal to get over the barriers. Okay, and are there groups that are held at your office, or... Occasionally we do. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's pretty much a one-on-one kind of situation. Right. And do you charge for this? No, it's all free. We're Same. non-profit, 501c3. Same. If you're listening out there, that's just, uh, you're in the desert, and you're saying, but I want to put this on maybe one of the things that you write down as a resource. And uh, if you come to us, we'll make sure that we have that resource, too. So how else can we talk about those... Uh, is there a broader population that we need to talk about getting to you other than the returning citizens? Who else would be there? Anyone with disability? Anyone. That, mm-hmm. And talk about it again. I like the way you say you identify the disability yourself without the yeah. clinical support. Right. Talk about that a little bit. So a lot of times, especially people with the invisible disability, talking about mental health illnesses, um, some of the autoimmune diseases, you can't see them, mm-hmm. traumatic brain injury, um, and People are stigmatized in, in society when they go and they try to apply for a job or they try to get um, an apartment. It's harder for them sometimes because mm-hmm. of their disability. So we like to work with them and, and help them get through those barriers. Okay. Yeah. And so how many staff or do you guys have over there? On the advocacy side, on the independent living skills, there's three of us, but mm-hmm. there's about 15 total. Okay. And um, for what do the other people do with the advocacy, they so we have the of course the management staff, executive director, and all that, and we have what's called the pass program. And a lot of people we like to have people be able to live in their own home rather than be institutionalized. Right. So a lot of times you need staff coming in. Maybe you have uh, you're a person that uses a wheelchair, and you need someone coming in helping you get ready for bed and get up in the morning. And it's, most of the time you just have to go to an agency, and they pick the person that comes. They pick the time that they come. Mm-hmm. And as an independent person, we like the idea that, that you know you can hire whoever you want, and they can go through our company. We're the uh, financial intermediary. Mm-hmm. So you're, you yourself, the person with a disability, is the employer, not Link. So, so the person gets to choose who's, who they're going to hire and what time they're going to come. Hmm. So historically, then, I'm in that situation. I would go to my provider, i.e. insurance company, and they would just – automatically provide them, but you can be the link then to help 
me as that independent person take charge of my own life and get more control, pick the person I like this person, I don't like this person. Right, and and Link does the background checks. And we have a registry. If you don't have somebody that you know but you still want to be in charge, you can pick somebody off our registry as well. I love that, man. This is is part of the – one of the good things about my job is I get to go forward and find all these sorts of resources and put them together. So this has been an absolute delight. Good. What else do you guys do that I don't know that we can tell people about would be important for people? Well, we have a lot of um, AT equipment. So we take in equipment, walkers, wheelchairs, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing, and we refurbish them. We have a guy guy named Terry that does that. And we put it back out in the community, and that's free. You know, they do that too because that seems like – I've known people who have gone through like operations, and we're getting it all from thrift stores, stuff that we have connections with, but all that stuff needs to go to you now. Right. Yeah, fantastic. Right. Anything else that we need about Link needs to be added up? No, we have – so Link is a center for independent living, like I said, right. and each state has a state um, living independence um, oversight, so it's called the SILK. Mm-hmm. And then over all of the – centers is the National Center for Independent Living, NICL, which mm-hmm. is, we go back east once a year to that convention. Mm, that's cool. We march on the, the, to the state's uh, state house. In the, in the National State House? Mm-hmm. You mean the, oh, Capitol in Washington, D.C. That's a good trip. I've been there. Wow, that's kind of cool. It's that's, very cool. I know. Roger's very involved in that. He goes every year. And, Cool. See, I, I love finding these resources. Um, so, okay, so you're out there in the desert, and this is something that potentially you want to do, or you're here locally. I'm going to let you know towards the end of the show how you can reach me, and I will make sure that I get back to her. Uh, one more thing in terms of um, your son and other sons that are out there. Let's talk a little bit more about mom doing that and how um, words of wisdom or insight for somebody that's listening to us on the, that uh, son's about to go in. What kind of advice would you give that person? I, I would say to the moms out there to let them be accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, don't give them excuses. My son just gave me a quote that was very cool. It says that one of the last greatest freedom, human freedoms is the ability to choose your response to, in any situation. I really like that because it really is more about our response to our situation than it is about what happened to us. Right. A lot of bad things happen to people. And it's kind of like how you address uh, certainly what your behavior plays a role in. Yeah. And then accepting that that's going forward and uh, make the best of it sort of thing. Good. Yes. Well, you're talking to us on a Christian radio station, so I tend to believe that anything that happens to us is certainly for a purpose that will come out good in the end. And so I appreciate you uh, coming in and sharing with us today. I do. So Thank you for having me. Okay. We'll be right back. Thanks up. Mm-hmm. Looks okay, the world survives into another day I'm thinking about eternity Some kind of ecstasy got a hold on Again, I want to thank Crystal Nuxville from coming in for to the studio today from Link, explaining everything that's going on in her organization. It's so nice to be able to find coalition partners in working in this sort of work. Uh, if you're interested in the work that we do, we're certainly looking forward to hearing from you. Some of the things that are coming up in the future next week, Barbara McPherson, our funding source from the National Reentry Conference from St. Vincent de Paul will be here. She'll be in studio and we're going to tape something that'll be on next Saturday afternoon. So look forward to hearing from her next Saturday afternoon on where we are in funding and how we're going. Also, I can't say enough about the need for speakers. We talk about this every week on the air. But if this is something that you feel 
tugging at your heart, you want to get involved with, I'm going to give you some numbers here in a minute. Please reach out to me and I'll send you a prospectus and we'll get you involved. We'll, talk, we'll start talking to you about how you can go out and affect this. It's very powerful to be a returning citizen. If you're out there, even if you're struggling to kind of get by, I still want to hear from you. You can come out and tell that story. We've got a really nice presentation that we we are now dispensing into the community and you can be a part of it. You can go out and share that. And there'll be some compensation for that as you do forward. So reach out to me if that's of interest. I'll send you that perspective. Also coming up in the future, we've got a commitment from Sandy Jones, who is the uh, the, the head person at Pardons and Parole Commission. She's going to be on the show. She's excited to be on the show, and I think that'll be a great one. So if you're listening to us out in the desert, give me a call. You want me to ask her something? I will ask her. She's coming up in the future. And then I think what we did in, if you recall, back in February, we did a listening forum where we gathered everybody and bought them dinner over at St. Vincent de Paul's uh, food uh, location on Overland Road. We're going to do that listening forum again. It's coming up in October. It's going to be on the 18th at 6 p.m. in the evening. We're going to debut the PowerPoint. So you can come out and see the work we've been doing on the PowerPoint. Several of the people who have been trained are going to give the PowerPoint to people. So you'll get some feedback and you'll see in the terms of the directions and also get a free meal. That was a nice event Uh, in February, and we're going to do that again coming up in the future. So those are things to mark on your calendar. Reach out to me, importantly, and let us know how we're doing. I'd love to hear from you. And again, if you're interested in getting in touch with us, the best way to do this is a couple different ways. We've tried to make this easy for you. You can go to www.systemicchangeofid.com. That's the website that uh, Justin Morris, who's our executive producer, keeps up and dated. And you can reach out to me on an email through that same system at systemicchangeofidaho at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Systemic Change of ID on Facebook. We're also on Instagram at Systemic Change of ID and the old-fashioned way. Let's say you can reach out to us on the telephone and give us a call at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to hearing from you out there. This is tugging at your heart. This is the time. Come on, get involved. The fall is uh, an exciting time for us and the growth and what we're doing. Barbara's going to be here next week. We're going to expand this money and make this work in a bigger way, and we need you involved. So reach out and touch us and kind of get in touch with us. We'll get you involved. If not, I'll look forward to talking to you next Saturday on Victory Over Sin. Thanks so much. Do it, do it.